Greetings, listeners, domestic, international, and extraterrestrial. I am Dave Reed. And I'm Kristen Riley, and this is The Cast Files. I am a nerd who has somehow never seen The X-Files. And I watched it when it originally aired. The Cast Files is a podcast where we watch and discuss every episode of The X-Files, spoiler-free. Today we are talking about Season 3, Episode 17, Pusher. It originally aired on February 23rd, 1996. It was written by Vince... M.F. Gilligan, and directed by Rob Bowman, the director of Airborne, the rock and rollerblade movie starring Shane McDermott, Seth Green, and a young Jack Black. What about an older Jack Black? Uh, he was not in that movie mm. because he was young when that movie was made. Mm. So was I. Were you? I was. Were you in it? I was not in it. So a young Dave Reed is not in it? A young Dave Reed is only in the movie Amanda. Yes. Which we did watch. Yes. Unfortunately. You purchased it, which is even worse than us watching it. Yeah, but I purchased it on eBay, so the people who made it did not make any money off of That's me. That's good. Wow. They what still a... owe me money because they never paid me. Were you a paid extra? Yes. Or were you just like an extra? I was a paid extra. Did you sign a contract? Yes. Did you read the contract? No. Of course not. So I think they probably do not owe you money. They do. They literally do. They owe you, what, $25 a day? Something like that. Yeah. It's for, like jury duty. For the one day that I worked. All right. So, Pusher. IMDb states, The agents play a deadly game of cat and mouse with a killer who can control people's minds. I state, this is the one where Phenomenon, the John Travolta movie. Phenomenon. I know that's a thing. I remember nothing about it at all. He's like if Modell was a good guy. Hmm. I feel like it's a movie I've seen. I definitely saw it when it came out. I remember it too much, considering I saw it like one time on VHS. Hmm. You're a Travolta stan? I was, actually, way back when. Well, speaking of stands, hold on. Okay. So we have the cast, Robert Wisden as Robert Patrick Modell. I have a couple of things that he was in, but first I wanted to include what Zach Handlin from Movies of the Week, the complete critical companion to the X-Files, wrote. Wisden does excellent work as a complete bastard. The actor expertly capturing arrogance and petty rage and ensuring that the character is always compelling, but never falsely sympathetic. Oh, yeah. That's good. That's a good uh, catch. Yeah? Good catch. That's a good observation. Yes. I wanted to include it because I was like, oh, well, this sentence nails this, this whole character. It's great. So what is, what else is Robert Wisden in? He is in Watchmen as Richard Nixon. <laughs> Funny. He is also in Final Destination. He is Ken Browning, who is Alex Browning, who is also Devin Sawa, who is also <laughs> <Okay>. Stan <laughs> oh, yeah. from the Eminem music video. Wow. Um, he is... Uh, Alex Browning's dad. And final note, I looked into this. Actually, side note, I looked into this. <laughs> final Destination was directed by James Wong. Oh. Huh. It was written by James Wong and Glenn Morgan. Of course. And also Jeffrey Reddick, who I looked into to see if Jeffrey Reddick, even though we're not supposed to do spoilers, but I was like, maybe Jeffrey Reddick has also written in X-Files. He was too young. To uh, be a writer on the X Files, unfortunately, the first the first time around, but pretty rad how that all came around, huh? We also have Vic Polizos as Agent Frank Burst. He was Shep Cal in the TV series Jericho, which I selected because then I can talk about Skeet Ulrich, who is Billy Lomas in Scream, and also Chris Hooker of The Craft. Wow. Uh, me and my buddy Scott watched the first season of Jericho because Skeet Ulrich was in it. Okay, no. We watched the pilot of Jericho because Skeet Ulrich was in it. And then we watched the first season because we enjoyed making fun of everybody in that show because it was not a good show. Hmm. I've never seen it. I just saw Skeet Ulrich on the cover and was like, well, this is the one I have to talk about. I remember we just had nicknames for everybody. One of them we called Cooper because he looked like Cooper Manning who was Peyton Manning's brother. That's not Eli. Mm. And we called one guy Grumple Stiltskin. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's about all I remember. <laughs> we also have Julia Arcos as Holly. I didn't catch her last name. She was in The Exorcism of Molly Hartley, just to carry on our 
Halloween theme of other people that I was randomly talking about, not associated with the X-Files. She was also in Eureka, which was a show that we enjoyed watching. I loved that show. That's good. Now to the episode. Robert Patrick Modell is seen purchasing a large supply of Carbo Boost energy drinks at a supermarket. Can you imagine drinking carbs on purpose? Question mark, exclamation point, <laughs> question mark, exclamation point. Just kidding. I actually connect with Modell in this scene. This is me at Trader Joe's. Not with the Carbo Boost energy drink, but walking around singing to yourself with a hand cart when you should have had a push cart. <laughs> Just loading it up, making your day harder than it needs to be. Throwing an entire shelf in there. Yep, basically. As he checks out, he sees a pic of our boy, the fluke man, and laughs to himself. So did I. Yep. While he is in line, he grabs the... Oh, he says to him... He says out loud, let's Let's get get this show show on the road. road. Because it was so jarring when the guy cuts in front of him real quick. It's like, wow, rude. (laughs) And then the guy gets in behind him, who was staring at him in the aisle. Yeah. And he noticed what was going on, because he knew more about what was happening than I did. So Yes. I feel like I didn't need to know exactly what was going on. I agree. As we're following Modell around this grocery store, he's just like a dude. And the way that they've shot this, and the way that we don't know yet in the entrance is... At first, you're like, okay, well, we're watching this guy for a reason. Is he the bad guy? But then the cop comes around the corner looking sketchy as all fuck. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, oh, wait, is this the bad guy? Is the first guy we were following around the guy who's going to die in the cold open? Yep. Good job. Good job, everyone involved. You did it. You you did it. (laughs) You did it. (laughs) So the guy in front of Modell in line has a jacket on that Modell grabs a piece of cloth and rips it and it just says it was just covering up FBI. It was a weird undercover FBI but I need to show people I'm FBI at some point. Yeah. Maybe it's a thing that exists. I don't know how stings work. Tantrically. Gross. I don't want to think about stings sex life. How old is he? Does he still do that? He's in his like 60s I'm sure. Sting has been in his 60s since I've been alive so Sting cannot still be in his 60s. That's probably not accurate. (laughs) Uh, All right. So as this happens, the guy behind Modell grabs him and slams his face on the... Conveyor belt? On the conveyor belt. And he says, turn this thing off. And then we hear screeching of tires outside. And then another cop comes in. And that's when when Modell says, you must be Frank Burst. He really likes that name. They bring in so much manpower for this guy. It's insane. It's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. My my next line is, the 14 cops ascend on Modell because it's so many. It's so many. It's at least 14 because they've got seven cars in that funeral procession in a minute. Especially since they don't really know that this guy is a stone cold killer yet. No, he he made a phone call, which we'll get into a month ago, but it was a phone call. So now they believe this is him because they didn't see him. There was plenty of work done before the episode started. We have to accept that. I can't. I have been involved with the X-Files for like 70 episodes, and I cannot, I I just can't believe that there has been any work involved (laughs) off screen ever. Well, they found him. Which is So they did some work. Which is weird. It's very strange. Well, all right. So the 14 cops ascend on Modell, arrest him, and line up in what can only be described as a funeral procession. Apparently, no one knows his name is Modell, except for us, because we have closed captions and character lists. They know him as Pusher. Interesting title that he gave himself. Yeah. Then, Modell hypnotizes the cop by telling him how pretty he is in his cerulean (laughs) blue cop suit. Tell me that's not what it sounded like. How would you describe that? Hypnotizing him. By telling him how pretty he is. Sure, why not? I'm not going to argue with you about this. You shouldn't, because I'm right. At this point, Verst calls him Mr. Blackwell, which I'm certain is a reference to something. You are in luck because I looked it up. Great. Mr. Blackwell was a fashion critic. Oh. That's why he was talking about his pretty blue shirt. I meant to look it up, and then I was like, I just... Who knows? Who knows what this could be? I'll never know because I'm not looking it up. And now you do know. Great. A fashion critic. Okay. Anyway, the hypnosis causes the cop to pull out in front of a semi and is and 
The car is hit, and he... Now we know whose funeral it was a procession for. Yes, and he is ultimately killed. Modell gets away, Burst gets a few hours in the makeup chair. This first scene with him, with all the bruising and everything, was great. It was really well done. It was. Whoever did the makeup in this episode did a fantastic job. I agree. The next scene is at the FBI headquarters, where we get to see all of the beautiful work done on Burst's face. Officer Burst, having survived the crash, gives details to Mulder and Scully of the incident and how Modell, who refers to himself as Pusher, convinced the driver to unlock his handcuffs before escaping. Good job, that cop, surviving long enough to do that. Right? Did the hypnotism also keep him alive? Maybe. Must have. It is revealed that Modell called Burst about a month ago and confessed to a series of contract murders going back over the past two years, proving once again that cops don't do their jobs. This is your first reminder to defund the police. I agree with your sentiment, but there is no way to actually catch somebody for murder when nobody believes a person died by murder. Yes, that is a problem that I bring up later. Okay. So... Burst says Modell wasn't a crank because he knew too much about the details of each of the presumed suicides that were only in the reports, the details in the reports. Now, I ask you, how much detail do you think they bothered with in the paperwork around presumed suicides? Not much. No, it's going to be like, I don't get hung himself or like jumped off a bridge or like, it's going to be very basic. There's not going to be much in there. No, typically I don't think suicides get a lot of investigation. No, and presumed suicides, wouldn't it just be easier to be like, we can probably call this a suicide? Quite possibly. Yeah. Cops aren't exactly known for their excellent note-taking or attention to detail. Except for Officer Chris Angel. Nicholas Angel from Hot Fuzz. Oh. An officer's notepad is his best friend. Oh my gosh. Yeah, the one, that that one fake character. <laughs> Especially when we find out later that Pusher has been leaving clues at every site. I don't remember him saying that. Yep, they said that when they bring up the... He says he likes to leave clues, but I didn't take that as as at every site. I took that as since he decided to start playing this game. Hmm. Unclear. Unclear. Analyzing a clue left by Modell at the scene of the crash... Mulder notices the word Ronin, which he corrects everybody by saying it's pronounced Ronin, which is absolutely not how it's spelled, which subsequently uh, leads us to the magazine, American Ronin Magazine. So he knows that it's called Ronin because he's familiar with this magazine. Clearly, yes. And so we look in American Ronin Magazine later. Mulder theorizes Modell has the ability to push his will onto others. But first, Polly walks in with a nasty bruise on her cheek. Scully is openly staring. Scully apologizes and Holly explains, I was in Georgetown this weekend. A guy knocked me down and stole my purse. Mulder asks, they get him? Holly says, do they ever? So here's your second reminder to defund the police. (laughs) Okay, Holly, her name badge is clearly visible. She is also Special Agent Holly. She she says no offense, like, don't take any offense, but she has their job, too. She is also an FBI agent. Oh, she's is not she? administration or anything. According to her badge, she's a special agent. Wow. <laughs> so her saying no offense to them is a little weird. This is like no That's offense That's a good detail I did not catch, because the way that they treat her the whole time is... She's administration admin, or yeah. something, yeah. But no, her FBI badge placard like thing says... Special agent. Her pass? Her pass. Yes. <laughs> okay, awesome. Holly leaves and the agents return to their tabloids. They're not tabloids, they're magazines, but they're kind of tabloids. They feel tabloids. American tabloid. Ronin. Yeah. With a lady with a sword on the cover. Yes. Apparently, samurais without masters have to advertise, according to Mulder. Why? Is it because if you have a master, they're paying your way? You get your assignments from your master. Okay. But if you don't have a master, then you're just a rogue samurai? Yeah, you kind of like wander the countryside looking to do good for people Mm. in the world. Mm. That would have been an interesting take on this if they had gone that direction. doesn't feel like that's the direction they're going with this one. I know this because of the movie 47 Ronin. Oh, not Ronin? I've never heard it pronounced Ronin. Scully doesn't realize 
that we're all ACAP here and says, yes, but advertise for what? I mean, how how did this pusher convince an otherwise honest deputy sheriff to free him? I mean, I'm sure you have a theory. She says, I mean, I'm sure you have a theory, but in the weirdest way. Like, please, Mulder, tell me your theory. <laughs> Whereas I would have expected her to deliver the line, like, I'm sure you have a theory. <laughs> <laughs> so I love that we both got hung up on this line, but my part was the otherwise honest deputy sheriff, because I'm like, yeah, depending on who he's talking to. And you're like, yeah, I'm sure you have a theory. I'm sure you have a theory. <laughs> Pretty great. So Mulder's theory is around suggestion and the, quote, science of hypnosis. He's actually correct here when he says the whole point of hypnosis and advertising is to plant thoughts in your head. Yes. Here is a reminder to tune into our special episode in a few weeks <laughs> regarding hypnosis and the Betty and Barney Hill case. That should drop the week before Thanksgiving. Wonderful. You like my plug? Good plug. Thanks. That's solid teasing. <laughs> But this is where a little bit of a hang-up I have in the episode. Mm -hmm. We deal with hypnosis in this all the time. So yeah. why is it such a wild, out-there theory that this guy is just really good at hypnosis? I don't know. You don't maybe, even have to be supernatural to do that. Maybe because of how he's hypnotizing people with just his voice. And how else have we been hypnotizing people? Have we used anything else? You do the light or the watch that goes back and forth well and no I, I understand in, saying, yeah. in movies and tv yeah but. he's just really good at hypnotizing he's found a way to do it better than other people i don't think that's such a far-fetched thing that even you know i think dana scully could get on board with that the, yeah the power of persuasion i can see where she would be skeptical in how quickly and how this happens and how well it's done sure fine but yeah, you can persuade people to do lots of things. Yeah. Hmm. Mulder finds what he's looking for, a personal ad that reads, I solve problems, OSU, with three phone numbers. You're welcome for me not reading out all three phone numbers. Thank you. Scully says, OSU, Ohio State University. The Ohio State University. I know you said that and I was like, I will ask on the pod, why? That's just what they say. Who's they? They. Everybody. Everybody familiar with the Ohio State University? I've never met anyone from Ohio. I don't think it exists. O-H. You're supposed to say I-O. Oh, I don't think it exists. I think you're making this up on the spot. I think if you walk into a large enough group of people and just scream O-H, somebody will scream I-O back at you. Is Ohio the Buckeye State? It is. Okay, I definitely know people love to say stuff about Buckeyes. The candy are delicious. My grandmother used to make them. Are they candy or are they like... They're like peanut they butter. they are like candy, aren't they? Peanut butter and sugar rolled into a ball. Yeah, because they're not cookies because they're not baked, right? And, they're just... Yeah. Hmm. And then dipped in chocolate. Yeah. With a little bit of brown sticking out at the top. Yep. Delicious. Why are you so in love with the Ohio State? <laughs> I'm not. I just like saying the Ohio State University. <laughs> All right. Mulder says, no, it's a Northern Virginia area code from the three phone numbers I didn't read to you. I've seen this ad in all these magazines dating back to April 1994. Scully says, the time span of the murders, which is helpful. Thank you. Helpful exposition. So Mulder grabs an English-Japanese dictionary on a shelf of random-ass books. Seems like a wild thing to have on this random-ass shelf, but you know what? Why not? Great. And finds the word osu. OSU, which means to push. And now we're off to the races. But first, a question. Does Mulder regularly read this magazine or has he noticed these during this particular research session? He seemed to know exactly where to look as soon as he saw the word Rodin. Yeah. So he might be a fan. So he also has these stacked on the back of his toilet? Or at least the ones with the cover that has a lady with a sword on it. Seems reasonable. When he's looking for some vanilla porn. Ah, so he's got the gargoyle pictures up on the walls as his wallpaper, and he's got the vanilla porn. When he's looking for something not quite hardcore, not even softcore, because they're, no, cl they're just... clothed, just lady with a sword. Yeah. Hmm. So they, uh, they use the numbers that are in the ad, they track them down to three payphones, which they then scout out over the next, I don't know, 12 hours or something. 
while they are waiting, they are contacted by Modell at one of the payphones in Falls Church, Virginia. And that's where they are able to figure out that the previous call was from a golf course. So Modell is obviously leading them on this chase. He says, he doesn't, does he say let your fingers do the walking? It was a version of the Yellow Pages slogan. Modell calls the payphone and they run over to it mm-hmm. and answer. They start talking to him. And that's when Mulder says, you think this is a game? Oh, yeah. You think it's a game? You think it's a fucking game? I was like, what did I miss? Oh, I missed, I missed that line. Then they talk to him a little bit. Yeah. And he says, in the process of that conversation, he says, let your fingers do the walking. Which Scully correctly intuits is the Yellow Pages, because that's the... That was the slogan Slogan for the Yellow Pages, but Mulder says, no, that's not it. Yeah. <laughs> Which I guess also dialing a phone is letting your fingers do the walking. I guess. So they d- they find out what the last call was from that payphone, and it was a pro shop that is open until midnight. Is that what she said? Open till midnight. That's insane. Only open till 10 on Saturdays, though. That's insane and backwards. It's called Teetotaler's Golf Driving Range and Pro Shop. Yeah. Up until midnight. Who's going golfing at midnight or at 1130? I don't know. Well, they find out that that's where the last call was made to, which they believe is Modell's clue. And And so then they send some guy over in a ghillie suit to hang out all fucking day. Yeah. Scully says a killer and a golfer. And Mulder says, yeah, does that ring any bells? Is that an OJ joke? Did they make an OJ joke? I literally have no idea. Okay. <laughs> it was a weird comment to me. And OJ was the only thing I could think of. Killer and a golfer. It's the right time frame. It, it is. But the guy in the ghillie suit looks fantastic. He's well covered. But Modell sees him immediately. Yeah. Well, How guy good is so observant. How good is his eyesight? Oh, way better than mine. <laughs> I can't play golf because I would hit it off the the thing that he hits it off of, or whatever. And then I'd be like, it's out there. <laughs> <laughs> I hate golf because I can never follow the ball. Mm. Also, it's boring to me. Mm. I know it's not boring to other people, so you do you, but I don't want to play. I'm terrible at it, and I can't see the ball. <laughs> So on the driving range the next day, because it's daylight, Modell senses that he's being watched. He's over there. He's hanging out to see if they got his clue, apparently. He gets real rude by pushing in front of some other golfers when there were a ton of open spaces. Did you see how many open spaces he walked by in order to be in that group? I thought he was hanging out with them. Mm Mm-mm. Oh, okay. They were all in, like, were, were they in suits? In my mind. No, they were all golf attire. Okay. Were they? Yeah. Well, he abruptly leaves. Oh, so he hits the ball. He sees the guy in the ghillie suit. And he abruptly leaves the course after spooking a guy in a ghillie suit and saying, I was never here to the guys who were still there. A SWAT team member tracks down Modell, who he persuades to take off his gear. Show me your face. Yeah. (laughs) Collins, can you do me a favor? Would you do something for me? Picks up the gas can real slow. Yep. So he persuades the SWAT guy to soak him, douse himself in gasoline, and then... He's crying, trying to light the lighter, the Zippo, and just sobbing. And everybody's just watching. Well, so at this point, Scully runs away. And at first I was like, where the fuck is Scully going? But she comes back and she has a fire extinguisher. So Good for her. Okay. But he literally says, please stop me at one point. And nobody does No! What, wouldn't it have been better to, if you couldn't have, I don't know why you couldn't just body slam him. You seriously could have just done that, taken him to the ground. You could have, but then you're kind of, you're getting the gas on yourself too. Fine, so shoot him in the leg or something. Put one in his bicep is what I was saying. Yeah! Literally anything but letting him, letting him, um, in air quotes, light that thing. You put one in his bicep, he's in pain, <laughs> he's got some weeks off of work. Uh, He's got some rehab to do, but he's not, you know, 90% covered in third degree burns. Which is, which was wild how quickly, I I was going to look it up and then I was like, I don't actually want to see these pictures. So I was wondering how, they put him out fast, which is good, but if he had gasoline all over his body and his skin, 
How much would it have burned his skin versus burned the gasoline and the fumes? No idea. Me neither. Couldn't look it up. Sorry, guys. I know I know that I do look up some gross stuff. Couldn't bear to open up my browser and look at a bunch of burns. So that's what happens there. And then after they put the fire out, Mulder finds a weary Modell in a nearby car and arrests him. Modell looks like he has been sitting in that car in the heat for <laughs> an hour. He's so sweaty because he's the bad guy. Right, but the way that he, he's huffing and puffing, it's like someone left him in the car with the windows up. Yeah, he's saying light it up or something like that. Yeah. Which is the same thing Collins is saying. Yeah. He's hunched over, his face was on the horn. That's how Mulder knew to run over to it. Got it, yeah. Well, Mulder says he, Mulder arrests him or says he's going to arrest him. <laughs> and, but not before Modell says, I bet I get off, which I half expected Mulder to have a comeback for. He was too traumatized at I this guess point. So. so now we're in hearing room A. At Modell's arraignment, he uses his ability to convince the judge of his innocence and is freed. We learn his full name here. Robert Patrick Modell. Robert Patrick. Bold that name. For the X-Files? Did you spoil something for yourself? No, it's just kind of a thing I knew because this show's been out for 30 years. That's why I always kind of roll my eyes a little bit when you're like, I don't want to spoil anything for myself. I'm like, well... I don't. I don't want to spoil the broad strokes, but or I don't want to spoil the story, but certain things you just know. Okay, well, I don't know that, so... The agents conduct research into Modell's background and learn that he failed to join the FBI, along with some other stuff. Apparently, Modell didn't come close to passing the psych screening. Here's what they say, but tell me who this sounds like. <laughs> oh, no. They found him to be acutely ego-centered. He has no regard for the feelings of others, instead perceiving people as objects. He's extremely suspicious of government and authority. <laughs> I bet that was written on purpose. Who's the worst partner we've ever seen? Uh, Mulder. Den Denzel Washington and Training Day? Maybe. Mulder. He's always leaving his partner. <laughs> and he's always hanging up on her. And he's always letting her go to sleep with a phone beside her because she's afraid for his safety. Yeah, but she didn't expect him to just leave her. She said that once. <laughs> right. It was so far into the series that we were like... Haven't you seen this show? <laughs> if you had said this in season one, I would have agreed with you. But <laughs> yeah. come on now. So they, they have a, a chat about this. Oh. Whatever. Do you have something to say about the... In the hearing, he hypnotizes the judge, but without his voice. He's just like looking at him. So it's more than just his voice. He doesn't need his voice to hypnotize people. He's looking at him, but he is using his voice. He's not speaking when they, they do a scene where they're just staring at each other. And he's not using his voice, and it's, I mean, it's pretty deliberate. Yeah, the way I know what you're talking other. about. I'm, we're, I think in Monsters of the Week, they're, like, using his voice. Most of the time, that's what it is. But when the judge, with the judge, he doesn't. He doesn't need to. And his defense attorney uh, mentions that there was a crowded platform, and there was nobody within 30 feet of this lady. Oh, yeah. Both, I forgot about that. Both of those things can't be true. Hmm. Well, I just repeated some intel that I had. You know what? When has a 46-minute episode ever been consistent within itself? As far as most of them go, this one's not bad. No, this one's not <laughs> bad. But that is, that's true. All right. So after that, um, after the hearing, after um, Mulder and Scully have a discussion about his profile. At the gun range. Yes. Finally. We finally see a gun range. This is nice. Mulder is somehow a crack shot. Yeah. Very good. Bold that sentence. <laughs> yep. Scully is not very happy with the concept of the whammy. Oh, yeah. But I wouldn't either. She's a medical doctor. She should be well-versed in the whammy. What? The whammy is a very scientific term. What very are you talking about? Talking about the whammy. No, why are you talking about it being scientific? What do you mean? Because I've watched a lot of superhero stuff. And they always use whammy? Not always, but the whammy is... It's like... Uh, it's bullshit shorthand for people who don't know what they're talking about. It's the whammy. And also the coolest game show of the 90s. <laughs> Big money, no whammies! <laughs> yeah. So all of that happens. And then we see Modell entering the FBI headquarters. He writes pass on a piece of paper and he sticks it in his lapel. 
which he then hypnotizes everybody into believing is an actual past. It's pretty great. And he doesn't really talk to anybody. He doesn't talk to the guard. He talks to the guard. But not, not a lot. Not enough to actually hypnotize. I don't know. How much do you think you need to talk to somebody to hypnotize them? I think you need to talk to somebody at least four sentences to hypnotize them. You should talk to somebody at least four times. If you want to hypnotize somebody, you should use at least four sentences. Okay. See? You cut me off before the fourth one. I know. It was dragging on. (laughs) (laughs) Modell goes to visit Holly's office where he pushes her into granting him access to the FBI database. While he's hypnotizing her into this, he is closing the blinds. Yeah. She can't find something on the computer. And he says, hey, let me have a shot at it. And he immediately finds it. So now he can whammy computers as well. We're not whammying anything. Whammy. This is the anti-whammy podcast. Whammy. Oh, my gosh. But then the next thing is they're looking in a filing cabinet. (laughs) Which actually leads me to believe that nobody could find it on the computer. Maybe it's it's paper. Nice. I don't know. It's 1996. Is anything on the computer yet? (laughs) Uh, I know one thing that's on the computer. What? HTTP colon. No. (laughs) So Skinner walks by and he notices that the blinds are drawn, which is suspicious. So he enters the office and he intervenes in... Who are you and why are you here? But yeah, basically, I was like, nothing's really happening right now. So that's when a struggle ensues. Modell convinces Holly that it was Skinner who mugged her, causing her to mace and then kick him repeatedly. Holly whoops Skinner's ass. It was amazing. It was awesome. Yeah, it was pretty great. The thing is here that Skinner does not seem impacted by Modell. It didn't look like he tried to do it, though, either. He calls him Mel Cooley. Take it easy, Mel Cooley. That's not really, like, a hypnotizing phrase. Who's Mel Cooley? Ah, I looked that up, too, because I had no idea. He was a character on the Dick Van Dyke show. Okay. Y'all have to stop that. I assume he's bald. Sure. (laughs) I didn't look it up further than to find out he was a character on the Dick Van Dyke show. But it was cool watching... Holly kicked the crap out of Skinner, but I also wonder how long it's been since Skinner was discharged or re recharged. I don't I don't know what it means when you come back after having gotten shot in the gut last episode. Oh yeah. He's got a perforated intestine. Yeah. She's just kicking him. Just kicking him. So that's when uh Modell gets away. A while later, Holly is being interrogated by security, who doesn't actually need to be there but they're definitely here to get the goss. Oh, all of the people in the office? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That crowd is just there, not to interrogate her. Oh, no. Just because it was a whisper campaign throughout the entire building. Do you hear Holly kicked Skinner's ass? Yeah. Let's go check it out. Poor Holly. She's like, I'm so sorry, Mr. Skinner. I don't know what got over me. (laughs) She is my hero. She is fucking amazing. She's like my favorite character in the (laughs) X-Files. Tiny little lady just kicked the snot out of Skinner and everybody came in to see. You're right. She's not being interrogated by security. Skinner and Scully are also there. Skinner dismisses everybody because he's like, all right, I was. (laughs) They should have had somebody on their way out just be like. (laughs) (laughs) Skinner was definitely like, look, I allowed this to happen for a short period and now you all have to leave. Um, He was being a good sport. That's what I was looking for. So after Skinner dismisses them, Scully asks why this happened. That's when Holly says she she's not really sure. She felt like she was outside looking in and Modell was with her. So this is how we get a little bit of how it feels to be... Whammied. Mulder interrupts and shares details of the security cameras and the pass Modell used because... The security cameras could not be hypnotized, whether it was by his eyeballs or his voice or a combo. After a series of inexplicable incidents, which we have just gone through, Scully believes Mulder's theory that Modell possesses the ability to push his will onto others. So she's coming around. She's like, I don't know how else to explain Hmm. Holly just laying Skinner out in the (laughs) FBI headquarters. Putting a size seven heel mark on his face. (laughs) Yep. 
So they they find out his uh, they find out Model, Model's address because they get it from the um, the hearing, uh-huh. and it is three zero eight three Rosen Roseneath Avenue, apartment nine in Alexandria, Virginia. <laughs> I wonder if that's a real place, and I'm sorry if it is. <laughs> a raid is conducted on Model's apartment, but find it empty. They did get a warrant this time, or. They did at least consider getting a warrant this time. They said that it was enough for a warrant. Let's assume that they got the warrant. I just wrote, growth! No, they definitely got the warrant because uh, Mulder sticks it to the TV. That's what he sticks on the TV <laughs> over the guy's eyes. Okay. They find cans of energy drinks in the fridge. It's those those same drinks with Arnold Schwarzenegger's Carbo bicep. booster. Yes. And Mulder says something like, strawberry, kiwi, extravaganza... Now we definitely can't trust this guy. And I'm like, oh, hon, just wait. Just wait till you find out what people are ordering in 2022. The strawberry kiwi doesn't sound bad at all. No, it doesn't. That wasn't my point. My point is people are going to have insane flavor crystals in 2022. Flavor crystals. (laughs) All right. So they also find Tegretol in the medicine cabinet, and that's to treat Modell's epilepsy. So this leads them to believe that Modell has a brain tumor. This leads Mulder to suggest that Modell has a brain tumor, not the medical doctor. Mulder's seen phenomenon. (laughs) Which has given Modell the ability like psychokinesis. But that's also why he has the protein drinks, because he needs to replenish himself. It Because it uh, physically exhausts him to use his powers. Sure, why not? John Travolta didn't get physically exhausted, but, you know. He had a brain tumor? Slightly different. Yeah. uh, He had a brain tumor that gave him all kinds of weird powers. Hmm. Did that movie come out before or after this? I have no idea. Modell makes a phone call to Agent Burst. While Agent Burst is in Modell's apartment, along with everybody else, all of the cops. I told you I know where you live, Modell. Yeah. It's a nice apartment you got here. He's made some sort of crack about how it was decorated. Because it really wasn't. Modell talks to Agent Burst while Burst is trying to keep him on the line in order to get the phone number. And ultimately causes Burst to have a fatal heart attack. Scully does start CPR. Is this the first time she started CPR on somebody in an episode? Because when that girl drowned, she was just like, well, I guess she's dead. (laughs) She was. I don't remember. (laughs) And I said, okay. I wasn't going to hang on to this, but my God. So Scully applies a few compressions, then shifts to breaths when someone else takes over the compressions, which are too shallow, but I mean, they're doing it on a person, <laughs> An who's, person who's still alive. So, okay. But they all quit giving compressions before Mulder even finishes the conversation with Modell. So they just let Modell die. So they didn't even complete a half cycle. This was... Not even one minute of compressions. Look, we just got training on this, and so I'm, like, hyper paying attention to how poorly this was done. Can you imagine, though, two minutes of this television episode being CPR? That would be... They've done worse. That would would be way worse than me saying four sentences in a row, (laughs) which you could not stand to have. You were talking so slowly. Now, sure, there's a slim chance that CPR would bring Burst back... 10%. But but fuck, man. Like, try. Just a little. There were so many people there. They could have at least taken turns pumping his chest for a full cycle. (laughs) Yeah, I have a whole paragraph on it. Anyway, the agents trace the call, but before they figure out what the number, where the number leads, Modell tells Mulder the phone number. Yeah, because he don't care. No, of course he doesn't care, but Burst stayed on the phone to get this phone number, and Modell's like, oh yeah, you want this phone number? It's 555, blah, 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 blah. Uh, 0197? That sounds right. It turns out it's a payphone, so they do finish tracing this. It turns out it's a payphone, and it's outside a gas station near a hospital, which is probably because he needs regular checkups for that honkin' brain tumor that gives him superpowers of suggestion. Yes, and it's also the pharmacy where he gets his meds. Yes. Mulder enters the hospital. Alone. Yeah, where Modell has induced a guard to shoot an MRI technician before killing himself, himself being the guard, not Modell. Mulder's all wired up with the camera and everything, so everybody can see what he's doing. Yes. And if you pay close attention, on the floor between the tech and the security guard, 
There are two bullet casings and three bullets. Oh. For a six-shooter gun. Oh, interesting. So, bold the amount of uh, ammunition on the ground. It is foreshadowing. It is also a great example of what the gamer headsets looked like in 1996. Oh, okay. Mulder with his headphones on and his little GoPro or whatever, and he was all ready. (laughs) Yes, he was. To go pew, pew, pew. No, he gave his gun to Scully. He did give his gun to Scully because he says, I only want to shoot Modell. said, I don't want to go pew, pew, pew. (laughs) Doesn't really work out for anybody, though. Mulder calls off SWAT, even though the team, as soon as they hear the gunshots and see the two dead people, call for SWAT. Mulder's like, no, no, no. Hold on. Scully notices a computer monitor through Mulder's camera, confirming Modell's brain tumor. So we get a nice shot of this giant white space in Modell's head. I wrote, he's very sweaty, but I didn't identify whether that was Mulder or or Modell. Modell is incredibly sweaty. Okay. As Mulder is scanning Modell's chart, he suddenly turns to find Modell pointing a revolver at him, at which point Modell grabs the camera and the feed cuts, prompting Scully to enter the premises. It's a really good shot. Really well done scene. It was a really good shot. I agree. I just had the he's very sweaty before I introduced Modell in my notes and got confused. While Scully is prepping to enter the hallway, a cop says, we can't gas this hallway or we might kill the patients. Yeah, there's a bunch of... Yeah, no shit. uh, Critical care patients in there. Yeah. Yeah. But that's also foreshadowing for a thing that happens in a moment. This thing that happens in a moment is really weird to me. Oh, everything is. But I have a I have a thing coming up. Scully finds the two sitting at a table with a revolver where Modell forces Mulder to play Russian roulette while appropriating Japanese culture. <laughs> oh yes, the Buddha the art of Budo. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was real dumb. Yeah, is Modell is literally like one of those guys. Yeah, that's why it's real dumb. Yeah. I I mean, I don't think it's dumb. For the show to do it. Oh, okay. That's fine. Yeah, because he calls himself a Ronin. Calls himself Osu. Yeah. He's one of those dudes. Yes. Says he was trained by ninjas. Yes. I guess you're right. I'm not saying it's dumb for the show to do this with this character because it makes sense. Being that guy is just dumb. This is one of the things about Vince Gilligan, though. He writes... Good characters? really good characters. Who are... Yeah, he writes really good characters. So he slides the gun over to Mulder, so he's not going to pull the trigger himself on himself. Right. He gives the gun to Mulder to pull the trigger on everybody. And there is a bullet in this chamber. Yes. But the chamber does not spin for the first two shots. Ha! <laughs> it pulls you out of it a little bit if you know anything about guns. <laughs> if you're not paying attention or if you don't know any- how guns work, then it's fine. But when you're watching somebody pull a hammer or pull a trigger and the chamber is not spinning, it's like, oh, it's not how that works. I guess. I have stopped paying attention to how they use guns in this show because it's wrong. <laughs> Usually. So I don't really... I'm not I'm not in the X-Files for the gun education. Mm-hmm. That's which is what, actually good. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, to educate everybody listening. Oh, I see. Not... I thought you meant you were here in the X-Files for To the learn guy. gun stuff, yeah. <laughs> well, this is what I was referencing before, how the guy, the one cop says, we can't gas this hallway or we might kill patients because at this point, Scully comes in and says, you guys can't play with guns in here. There's pure oxygen and canisters. So you have no idea what's going to happen. And they're like, so. Okay, that's what she says. I thought she was saying that the room was full of pure no. oxygen. <laughs> and I'm like... How are they alive? <laughs> no. No, there's oxygen tanks in uh, the room. Okay. That makes way more sense. Oh. That's hilarious. So I want to read this little bit um, from Monsters of the Week, the book that Zach Handlin wrote about this scene. This face-off serves as an apt culmination of the battle of wits Mulder and Modell have engaged in throughout the hour. Modell's power is an extension of his will. And he uses that will as a tool to break others. For him, every victory is a confirmation of his own innate superiority. Mm -hmm. Mulder's entire life has been defined by his will, his refusal to bend or break in the face of overwhelming odds. Scully is just as strong, but Scully would refuse to play Modell's game. Mulder already knows half the rulebook. But even more interesting in this 
whole take is this line that, that he includes. He wants to win, meaning Modell, but he already has a death sentence. What's fascinating is how this episode speculates on just how much of a death wish Mulder has. Because Mulder's willing to play this game. Yeah, Mulder's also being hypnotized. Kind of. No, not kind of. Because he absolutely would not point a gun at Scully. Scully's pointed her gun at him. Scully's shot him. Modell points that out. (laughs) She shot you. That's in your file. Why is that in his file? (laughs) It's a weird thing to put in there. That's pretty funny. Has he ever pointed his gun at her? I don't think so. Not on purpose, anyway. I'm sure. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm sure he has on accident. Hmm. I thought it was an interesting take. How much of a death wish does Mulder have running into these scenarios? I don't see it. No, I don't see it. I mean, it's just I have a different read on it. Doesn't mean I'm right. But I am. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Mulder pulls a trigger at Modell, then himself, before aiming at Scully. Scully pleads with Mulder, telling him he's stronger than this, indicating that Holly, for example, is too weak to fight off Modell, or, more interestingly, that a part of her actually wanted to kick the shit out of Skinner just a little bit. Her boss, yeah. Who doesn't? Not me. I don't. (laughs) All of my bosses are great. Scully notices a fire alarm in a mirror, which she pulls, seemingly breaking Modell's concentration, allowing Mulder to target Modell and shoot him instead with the bullet that actually leaves the chamber. The chamber actually spun when he pulled the trigger this time. Later on, the agents visit Modell's hospital bed, where he is in a coma. Scully predicts Modell will not wake from his coma before the tumor takes him. Mulder reveals that Modell's tumor had been operable all along. How the fuck would he know that? It was in the chart. He read his medical chart. I feel like charts are so convoluted. I'm not getting hung up on this part. <laughs> All right. I, I am because Mulder is not the medical doctor. No, he is not. You are correct. But Modell had consistently refused treatment. When asked why, Mulder reiterates Scully's earlier judgment of Modell, that he was a little man whose abilities made him feel big. The final thing from Zach Handlin on this episode that I want to read. We have a habit in our culture of rooting for the little guy. But it's important to remember that in some cases, we'd all be better off if the little guy stayed small. (laughs) I don't think that's what calling him a little man means. Yes. A small, petty man. Yes. That's not what the little guy is. The little guy is uh, us. You just want people to root for you. Hell yeah, I do. I deserve it. All right. Who are you shipping? Before we get to that, we're going to sit down on the speculation sofa. Oh, okay. Why do you think they didn't kill Modell? He gets shot point blank in the chest. Mulder doesn't actually want to murder anybody. True. I'm saying, why do you think the show did not kill Modell? Oh, not, so not he why didn't come back? Exactly. You think we're going to see him again? No, I think they're going to forget. They're, gonna, they're just going to forget. They, yeah. they set it up so we can come back, but they're going to forget? Yes. Nice. Okay. I, can, I just wonder why it... Where's Max? Yes. That reminds me. I kept saying we've seen four alien species. I forgot about predator oh, yeah. species. We've seen five alien species now. That's why I think they're going to forget. Yeah. Because <laughs> we did. <laughs> well, no, not because we did, but because there's been loose ends so many times. Yeah. What about the Jersey Devil? Aren't they? Oh, yeah. That one's just a wee baby, though. Baby devil. It's never coming back. They're never going to remember that. Maybe that's what seasons 10 and 11 are about. (laughs) Max finds the Jersey Devil. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we could, but I think this is just a, a contained episode, so I don't think he'll come back. Okay. I just thought it was odd that they didn't kill him. Yeah. All right, who are you shipping? I don't have anybody yet. I am shipping... Holly at a nice bath. That would be nice. She needs like a stress reliever. Yeah, but not a whole spa day yet because her face is still swollen. Just take a nice little bath, maybe some candles, some essential oils or whatever in the bath. Make whatever, it smell nice. Whatever ladies do in the bath. Whatever you you women do. Our bathtub's not good enough, so I just shower in hours. Me too. <laughs> That's nice. I'm shipping Crycheck and a way out of that silo. Wrong episode. (laughs) Well, because I'm still thinking about it. (laughs) For this episode, there's really no romance happening. 
Yeah, not a lot of interpersonal stuff going on. Mm-mm. How are you surviving? By just letting the ADD wash over me and not paying attention when Modell talks. <laughs> that whole, speaking of, that whole hearing room scene, I was just like, I would have checked out. <laughs> I know there wasn't a jury, but like, I'm sorry. I just don't remember. I've been like, I'm out. I don't care what your excuse is. Here comes an excuse. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that would have really helped with, I don't know how the the whole, the last two years have happened, but Burst could have hung up. Yeah, he could have. But he, he was focused on getting that trace done. Which was so stupid because Modell's just like, here's the number. Especially when it becomes clear that Burst is... Maybe at first he's hesitant. Yeah, fine. But then when he's, like, struggling to breathe, somebody should have stepped in. Well, Mulder and Scully try, and the rest of the agents body tackle them to keep them away from him. They're like, no, we hate this guy. Let him die. I mean, he probably is an ass. Probably. Lying about his weight (laughs) to a stranger on the phone. 190. Come on, (laughs) man. Yeah, I like that idea. Of, one, not having a bad enough enemy that would read a magazine like American Ronin and then call a number that's like, we can get rid of your problem. And me being that problem, I'm just not going to be that big of anybody's problem. (laughs) That's what I'm going to do. All right. I'm going to be kind of a problem, but not enough that you want to like pay to get rid of me. Just like a regular everyday kind of problem. Okay. Good episode. Good Monster of the Week episode. The Cast Files is produced by Kristen Riley and Dave Reed. Edited by Dave Reed. You can find us on Twitter at Cast Files. You can find me on Twitter at Dave Reed. That's D-A-I-V-E-R-E-E-D. You can email us at thecastfiles. That's the with two E's at gmail.com. If you could please go rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, give us five stars, and tell us that we are doing phenomenal things. Artistic, wonderful things. We are raising the bar on podcasting. We would love you forever for that. We have a Tee Public store. You can go buy t-shirts and stuff there. Music by Hal Six. Logo by Art. That's O-O-K-A-R-T. 